Hello, everybody. Welcome to On the Home Front today. We're live on WILI AM 1400 and 95.3 FM digital. And we're on YouTube now on the WILI channel. And our program today is going to be really busy and it's going to be a little different because we're going to go nonstop all the way with four guests. We had so many requests coming in. People are watching the shows and I'm getting emails and I'm very grateful to have people enjoying to use our show as a vehicle to communicate, which is why we have people in the studio each week. So we have four segments. One is about the Loose Center for the Arts up in Woodstock. They're beginning to open up that beautiful concert space for more concerts. We're also going to have some folks here from Eastern. Actually, Anthony Cornicella will be here. They have some jazz concerts up at Eastern this weekend. For the second segment, we're also going to have Brian Cohen here from Positive Expressions. It's been a while since we've had Brian on, but he works with art and community development and youth education. So we'll have Brian up second. And right now, right next to me, I'm very happy to reintroduce Angie Jocks to us today. She's the owner, and she's also a yoga practitioner at Yono Willimannic. It's good to have you back in the studio. Oh, thank you so much, and thanks for bringing such a voice to uh, area businesses. We're happy to share the good news because there is a good wave of energy coming in, I think, after COVID, and people are starting to feel it, I think, more and more. I think you're right, yeah. yeah. Now, the reason why we have Angie here today is that in the last few months, she's added something new to her Yono facility on Church Street, and it's an interesting way to combine mind, body, and awareness and water. And it's called floating, something I do once in a while in the tub, but her idea of floating is a lot more interesting than just sitting there with the soap bubbles. So I'm going to get out of the way now while we have precious time and talk about this new floating idea and these pods. These yeah. orbs, I guess you should Yeah, call yeah. So floating's been around for a very long time, since right. the 50s. Right. And um, I found floating uh, after uh, having a car accident that um, left me in debilitating pain. And so I was always looking for alternative therapies, yoga being one of them. And then one day I was just trying to kill time. I was in Boston and I looked up. I was looking for a yoga class or studio. And I look up and I see floating in the window, the wow. words. And so I just popped in and... And uh, it was the first time in in so long. It was 60 minutes where I had no pain in my body, and I said, "Okay, this is something here." And uh, yeah, so that's where it started. Right. So let's use our imagination now and try to imagine your typical bath, if you have such a thing. What happens there that makes this a very different body experience than just hanging out at home in the tub? <laughs> Seriously. First, in, first the orbs are are really big. They're eight feet, eight inches long and about four and a half feet uh, wide. So you can really move your, your arms, your legs and, and float. Also, there's 1,100 pounds of Epsom salt to 200 gallons of water. So it's about 11 inches of water. So you're really, really buoyant. Um, and this takes all of the weight off of your muscles, your joints, your mm -hmm. ligaments, and it lets your, your skeletal system um, just kind of fall back into place. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, there's soft music, there's soft light, both of which you can turn off to really uh, experience the full sensory reduction um, process. Yeah, sensory reduction is like shutting down the usual pathways, right? Right. And substituting them for this space. So you're in a different place for a while. You, you really step out in a way. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I hear the most when people uh, leave the float room and they come back into the reception. First of all, their entire demeanor shifts significantly. Everything just looks softer. They feel better. Um, 
and yeah, that's just one of the things that they say is, is I don't even know what that was. I don't even know what just happened, right. but in a very positive way. Yeah. And at some point after a while, the words do go away. Something's going on there that's beyond words. And that's the hard part of the conversation. You have to do it to get it. Yeah. Uh, so the first few months now, a couple of months, what's the response been like? And is this a thing that's very special in our part of the state? Are there other places or is this really a new technology coming into our region? So there are other float businesses in Connecticut. In fact, um, a few of them have been mentors to me in my in my research. I took about five years just going up and down New England, uh, interviewing business owners. The float community is so special. They're so inviting. They want to sit with you. They want to share their journey. Um, in this area, from what I understand, there's one other location. Um, but in this area, uh, mm -hmm. Quiet Corner Float uh, is is it. Now, there's a website you can follow up on this conversation, uh, yonowillimanic.com. And with a few minutes left, could you talk about the, uh, the different modalities of yoga and how people can use those activities for all kinds of purposes? And each style of yoga, if I could use that word, or sure. each school yeah. has a different way to position the body and use energy at different levels of stress. Yeah. So uh, I have uh, six teachers now that help me out so people aren't just stuck with me. <laughs> Every teacher has a different background. Mm -hmm. And I really try to cater to the broader audience. There are classes that are um, purely meditative, um, that incorporate sound healing. So we have those two Tuesday and Thursday nights with mm -hmm. Shelly. Mm -hmm. um, then there are more of the vinyasa style, um, faster pace, moving with your breath, really uh, meant to um, work your cardiovascular system, strengthen. And then there's classes like yin or restorative that slow you down, get you to pump the brakes a little bit. Right. And yeah, because we need that, right? Life is really noisy and busy. and and But it all takes work, whether you're in a class that's very quiet and restorative or very fast-paced. Um, it's all work. And if you want to feel better, you have to do the work. There's no other option. Yeah. Uh, could you explain the aspect of uh, how the health aspects can be part of insurance in some cases, depending on people's needs and their coverage? Some of this might be available, and in what ways might it match, just so people know to ask about it? Yeah, um, I do have uh, some students who have reached out to me uh -huh. and just asking for their urine receipts so they can That's submit right. it to their insurance company. Um, I, I don't know a lot about the insurance piece and how it right. pertains to my studio, but I do have students who have said that their insurance companies or their companies support um, all, all alternative therapies like yoga. Right. Because I mentioned that because other uh, healthcare providers, you know, have mentioned some of the companies are more open to supporting it as alternative uh, health modalities. So that's worth looking into anyway. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Absolutely. Sometimes it's just routine prescriptions. You get a certain amount over the year and that's your deductible, something like that. Correct. Uh, so uh, what's the best thing about the website that people can learn about so they can track your activities? And one other thing you wanted to mention, go to the website, yonowillamanic.com, because in June... On uh, June 10th, it's going to be a very special day here, uh, all about wellness in the community. So take our time out to explain this. Uh, you're smiling. All yeah, I, I'm really excited. I have um, two two instructors, uh, Anna and Shelley, who 
um, spearheaded this. This is our first, it will be our first annual um, health and wellness fair, and we have so many vendors already lined up. So it's June 10th, 10 to 4. If you'd like to be a vendor, uh, you don't necessarily have to sell something. You can just come in and, and um, provide information on your services. Kind of have a table space yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And there's a little application on the website. We keep it really easy and accessible. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, we expect a really great turnout. I mean, it's such a busy community, and this area is ready for it, and they deserve it. Willimantic deserves all of these these wellness uh, initiatives. You know, that's part of the growth of the area. Places to eat, places to get better, yeah. Shabu Stage, the Senior Center, and the Community Center. So these Absolutely. are all talked about for years, and now they're really here, including floating now. So, Angie Jacks, thank you for being here. I wish you great success oh, for the summer. Oh, thank you so much. And we'll get you back maybe at the end of May to talk more in detail about the special things coming up in June, okay? Very good. I appreciate your time. Thank you okay. so much. Right, this care. is great. Okay. Okay, so we're going to stay live right now because we have a very busy show right now. So while Angie takes her graceful legs, I'm going to give you some news about community events. And then later in the show, if you just join us, we're going to have someone from the Luce Center for the Arts in Woodstock. And we're going to focus on uh, positive expressions based in Chaplin. Uh, but right now we're going to get to some arts at Eastern. We had some arts faculty on recently talking about their performances of the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And that is in its last weekend from the 27th to the 30th up at the Fine Arts uh, Proscenium Theater. That's going to be at 7.30 p.m. And if you want to go to the website at Eastern, easternct.showware.com slash Putnam. Come on in, Anthony. Uh, you can get tickets for the show. It's been well-received, and it's up at UConn again, 730 on April 27th, 28th, and 29th. And uh, the play uh, won the Tony. It won a Drama Desk Award for Best Book of a Musical. And there's audience participation, so it's a real fun show where some of the audience members become part of the Spelling Bee contest. So that's up at Eastern this coming weekend. And this weekend, Eastern is going to have a lot of things going on, including jazz. And that's why Anthony Cornicello made a very graceful entrance. Anthony, welcome aboard. He's a professor of music and chair of the music department at Eastern. And he's here to talk about jazz at Eastern. So welcome back to the studio. Glad to be here. I, I see we're no longer doing headphones. It feels like it doesn't feel official without the headphones. Uh, I know. It's a thing. But, you know, sometimes if someone's on the phone, we have to use headphones. Okay. That's sure. okay. Sure, that's fine, yeah. Um, no, th thank you for having me down here. Um, we're you having bet. a concert on Saturday at uh, 5 o'clock in, um, in the Fine Arts Center the, the, um, in the concert hall. Um, and it's a joint concert between the, um, the jazz combo and the big band. Um, I direct the... Uh, the, the, the uh, big band, um, Rick O'Neill, um, who plays basically my trio, um, is the guy for the directing the, the, the combo. Um, and um, they're very different uh, views of jazz. Um, you know, both are very, um, very vibrant, very um, uh, expressive forms of the music, and um, you know, they're, they're different experiences. The the big band tends to be, although, you know, it tends to be a little more written out. Mm -hmm. um, although I, you know, have brought it back to the history of, of this, brought back the, uh, the, tr the tradition of, uh, in a certain way, the head chart. Uh, the ri original wow. big bands, or the, um, the, yeah. the Basie bands, were all about cueing. You know, I mean, th th those guys made it up on the spot. So the head was just your launching pad, right? Yeah, the head chart, right. it's, it's like, you know, like like back when I was young, you know, you played the garage band, and, and you just sort of knew, like, okay, we play this chord for this much. We go, it's, the same, it, it's the same sort of tradition. 
Um, but now, you know, I mean, as, as the bass band did it. Um, and so what happens is, is we are um, spending a lot of time working with, uh, with the cues, working with, um, you know, jumping from section to section. And, um, you know, part of what, what I, my, my goal with this is to let people know that the, although people think of the big band as, like, tied in with older music, you know, it's really very much a vibrant part of jazz, and it has been throughout the whole history. Yeah. Um, how large? You know, how many pieces? We that, have, how about the kind of horns you play we with? We have, let's see, we have three trumpets, um, uh, three trombones, and five saxophones. Okay, and actually 11. Some, some of, yeah, some of those are, of course, um, you know, community members, which I'm thrilled to have, uh, and some are students. And then we have a full rhythm section as well. Um, so that's about, you know, about 15 or so players. Mm -hmm. I'm playing piano on this as well. So I'm, I'm sort of doing the Duke Ellington thing, basically conducting the piano. That's right. Um, and so um, we are doing music by Gil Evans, actually. Um, oh, who, wonderful. Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of seeing Gil, like, in the 80s, and that was fantastic. Prime but, time. Of course, he had the band he had. But, you know, even you Gil Evans, you could just basically say, hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? And, you know, they'll, they'll show up. Oh, so, yeah, with that name, he's a magnet. Plus, his yeah. Miles Davis stuff in the 50s. Yeah, so we're doing one thing from the, from the wow. Porky and Bessie when gone. Um, we're doing um, a Count Basie um, 1 o'clock jump. And that's the one that's, you know, pretty, um, you know, um, involved with all the queuing. Uh, it's a jump. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing um, um, Feeling Good, which, you know, it's from the movie The, the, the Roar of the... What was it? The, the, the Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And that's, you know, the funny thing is I realized recently that that was the same year as Goldfinger. And Shirley Bassey, right? Yeah, it would be surprised with the same sort of like, you know, I don't, it's not the same ride, but I wonder if it's the same studio, but the, because yeah. they had the same feel to them. You know, a like big, bold, brassy sort of, you know, yeah. sort of place. Very we, commanding. Yeah, we, so we're doing that. Um, we're doing a version of Pick Up the Pieces, the average white band from the 70s. Mm -hmm. I found this on a recording by, believe it or not, Phil Collins. Phil Collins of Genesis, right? Yes, had a big band in the 90s. And, of course, yeah. it was, like, really... And he's nailing it, you know? Right. And um, He was a good the, drummer. Yeah, and the, 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 the arrangement was fantastic, so we're doing that. And that also falls in its head chart thing because a lot of it, you know, we realized a lot of it's just cueing, you know, like long counting of silence, you know, of rest while we... I just said, we're going to cue this, we're going to cue this, we're going to cue this. And so it makes it a little, little easier. Of course, the kids got to keep on their toes. So the, just so people can follow us here, the cue is when a different person comes in. Well, like, for example, right? during, during, let's say, a sax solo, um, the horn players make you this little ba da ba da, -da you know, and that just, you know, that maybe repeats a few times, but they got to know when to come in with that. So we right. got to watch that. I just give them a little cue, the and, cue. They, and they'll come in, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the player continues. Yeah. Um, I love that with Quincy Jones. He's yeah. so good at that, right? Yeah, yeah. So good. So so this is kind of the big band side of the music, but the history is well over 100 years now. You're talking a rich mix of things. So the yeah. big band may be arrangements, but how does it scale down with the combo in terms of soloing or uh, well, the choice of the music? The combo is we have... We have a lot of overlapping students, but there are some students who are in the combo that not that are not in the big band. It's a different approach. Um, that is like, for example, they'll do a Sonny Rollins tune. They, they, they oh. do St. Thomas, and that is yeah, that's it. So it, one of the, they'll, they'll play the the, the the head, and then they do a, an arrangement themselves of you know with the order of souls and sometimes a little interjecting phrases. But it is basically a head solo head thing. They have introductions and, and endings. Um, a lot of the stuff they're doing with the singer. Um, I have a marvelous singer, um, Grace Mikulowski, who mm -hmm. is just fantastic. She, you know, I hope she's listening right now because she yes. should be, Hello, Grace. She, she should be blush, blushing. Um, but it's <laughs> at um, least her ears are burning. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, 
it's you know the stuff they do with her. You know, often with with introductions and with um, a little more elaborate arrangements. And uh, but but those are um, the students are first off this semester. I think they made a, a pact to learn everything by ear. Wow. So they're not reading off music, um, and so it is you know a different kind of thing. And so but and, and a lot of the things they are doing are standards or blues tunes like that. But um, there's one thing I wanted to get them out of doing is you know you go and of course you guys can see us on the radio, but yeah you look and they're all reading off a chart. You know I said right. no 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 you know but first of look up you know right. <laughs> so and having them play by by ear is a big big you know difference. It's a trust thing too, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they have to trust each other. Yeah. And. Uh, does that require, this may be a silly question, but I have, I've asked many a silly question, uh, does it require more rehearsal time for them to get used to that different space, which isn't quite as structured, so they dance together? I think s- the first, maybe the first, uh, you know, two tunes, they, the first few tunes they did was a little more, um, you know, there was a little more involved as far as the that's concerned. But I think after they got the hang of it, you know, the, mm-hmm. a few times where I was like, you know, Rick runs that group, and I, I pop in every now and then while he's doing it. Yeah. A few times where I didn't come to rehearsal, I come back, it's like, where did that tune come from? You know, and then right. it sounded great. So I was like, you know, I think once they get the hang of doing it, mm-hmm. you know, they passed out a, a a sample recording of the piece, and they all listened to it, and then they sure. decided they're working with it. Yeah, right. Well, you know, we have a few minutes left. In case you join us on the radio, we're speaking with Anthony Cornicello. He's the department chair at the music department. Uh, that new building is still only a few years old. It's been a marvel, and we've had the theater people here talking about the, f- the, the the theater facilities. But from the viewpoint of music and rehearsal space, can you talk about how that new building is helping students and faculty to get into this? Yeah, it's funny thing. We still call it the new building. It's like about six, eight, six years old or more. Right. Um, it feels new, though. Yeah, it does. I mean, it does. We, we spent years in Schaefer Hall, which, you know, has all the the joys of like a subway stop and I, I mean like I don't mean like like 23rd Street not like one of those nice ones you know um, but um, yeah and the acoustics of it as well but um, this new building is fantastic um, the hall you know I've had people come from other colleges and like they want to come back there to the hall they want to come back and play in that hall or something it's um, it's amazing the, the room itself you know I mean it sits around 400 or so people I forget the exact so it's not a large hall but um What's fantastic is, you know, the acoustically designed. Yes. And even better is the fact that they've got these curtains that come and close up. And we were in there when they first, we, my trio was the, like, one of the first groups to play there. And so they were still getting the feel of everything. And I remember we were rehearsing, and all of a sudden, it sounds different. Mm-hmm. We noticed the curtains were closing. Yeah. And they're the huge curtains that, you know, just like change the sound of the room. Yeah. Like and, for a big band of horns or strings. Yeah. And it, uh, it's how sound bounces around and gets reinforced. Yeah. But it's it's like high-end audio acoustics. Yeah, it, it deadens the sound nicely. Yeah, no, it, it's yeah. a fantastic, fantastic hall. You know, yeah. I just can't... And, you know, of course, there's a, a wonderful Steinway piano in there. Yeah. We have, we have a few, but we got a new one, and a new, once again, six years old, yeah. six years ago. Um, I should also mention, I will be playing the Hammond organ on the concert on, uh, wow. on Sunday. Hammond, it's, it's a... That's, that's, an old Hammond organ, okay? Um, as, a, as a matter of fact, the back is off of it because that's the way it comes. Wow. And uh, so you see all the tubes and everything. It's like Jimmy Smith kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a blast. And, you know, it, wow. it, it takes a while to get used to it because unlike a piano, when you play on a piano, you play each key and you can chain play the yeah. organ. No matter how hard you press down, it's the same volume. So yeah. you kind of get used to playing with that. Um, it's, um, 
very physical. Are you going to wear sneakers, man? I mean, <laughs> you're, you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. The yeah, footwork. I'm not going to do the foot stuff, dog. No. No, okay. I, 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 no the, 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 that's a whole other ball game. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. That's um. Yeah. Boy, that's you know the the, the guys that could do that well. You just you know your hats off to them. You know. Yeah. But what a sound though! A historic oh, yeah, instrument. Beautiful yeah. stuff. I'm only using it on on two charts, but yeah, that'll that'll be that'll be fun. Very I don't I don't, nice. think, I don't think the combo's going to use it. I think it's because uh, it is you know it takes a while to get used to it. Yeah. And they're a little um, you know reluctant you know with with good reason. But you know, with all the high end acoustics and audio equipment, to have a Hammond B3 in the house, that's that yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And again, this is all for free at Easter in the Fine Arts Concert Hall, Saturday, April 29th at 5 o'clock. The uh, Jazz Big Band, the Ensemble, and the Jazz Combo, Anthony Cornicello. And also we'll say hi to Rick O'Neill, his partner, who's not here today, but he's been here before. We wish you a great weekend and some good Thank music Thank you so much. Ahead. Thanks for having me here, yes. Okay. Um, and if you come down, please stop and say hello. <laughs> please do. And we'll have them back with the uh, Thread City Jazz Trio yes. uh, when they come to play here in the summertime. Thank you. Okay, take Thanks. care of yourself. Thanks so much. You bet. Thanks, okay, so now we will take a short break and have a couple of messages, and then we'll come right back and talk about positive expressions and the Loose Center for the Arts in Woodstock. Okay, we're back live for a very busy edition today for On the Home Front. We're happy to have you with us. Our programs are on the air live on Wednesdays at 5 o'clock at WILI AM 1400 and FM 95.3. They're also video recorded, thanks to Matt Rupar, for our YouTube channel. And very soon they're going to be posted on the WILI.com website as well, along with the other 5 to 6 o'clock shows. So we have good local talk radio every day here from 5 to 6. And we've got two segments for our second part of the show today. We're going to look at the Loose Center for the Arts in a few minutes in Woodstock, which is a place that's opening up more and more for public music events. But right now, I'm very happy to have Brian Cohen back in the studio. It's been a while since COVID hit us and changed some of our conversations, but he's with Positive Expression, an arts organization based in Chaplin that's connecting youth, art, education, and public gallery spaces all over the state. So first of all, Brian, it's good to have you back in the house again, man. It's nice to see you guys again. Thanks for bringing me back. Yes, indeed. So you've had a very busy school year working with kids and getting their art out into the community for people to see, and you're wrapping up a big school year. So tell us how things are wrapped up for you. Well, um, we started the, the, the uh, community feel-good exhibits at the State Capitol way back in 2017. Right. And in 2018, we invited our first school, Parish Hill, and we had three kids sign up, and it was Pretty wild because we took those three kids to the Capitol. We had Chaplain Arts Day, and they got to meet uh, Lieutenant Governor Nancy Wyman. So it was a really good stepping stone. Right. Um, this last round, we had 140 students. Wow! From beautiful all over the state. We had Wilby High School, we had Weaver High School, we had Manchester High School, we had the Crutch Family Schools of elementary schools all attached, wow. and all together we had 140 students, and um, that was just. It's really, really cool because it, it, art is an individual project. It is. And these students came together as a group, and they made one really cool large exhibit. And so we have two today now going. We have the Buckin Hills Mall in Manchester. Right. And we have uh, the Brass Mill Center out in Waterbury. And uh, currently what we're doing is something called Shapes and Bright Colors. And it was an idea that I had a while ago because it's geometric shapes, and you just put them together, and you color them in, and, and you make something cool. It's, it's abstract thinking. And last year, I was able to uh, meet and hook up with the David Hayes Foundation out in Coventry. And um, Mr. Hayes, who passed away in 2013, yeah. uh, was an incredible modern master in abstract art, both steel structures and paintings. 
and uh, his family has the David Hayes Foundation, which continues his legacy today. And it's becoming a living legacy because one of the things that we did was for Shapes and Bright Colors, we, we focused on five large canvas paintings that Mr. Hayes had painted. And we have that uh, at both sites, uh, which let me describe real, real quickly. It's a, yeah. uh, when you go into the Buckland Hill site towards the, the Sears old entrance, um, what the fine folks there did for us is they turned it into one large 40-foot wall. So you can't miss it. Oh, you, no, you can't. And, it, and it's bright, yeah. and it's colorful, and it yeah. pops. And there's two floors, right? Yeah, yeah. we have the upper floor. And right yeah. now, the upper floor at uh, Buckland Hills is uh, for uh, my friends with disabilities. Uh, so they're up on that side. And at the Brass Mill Center, uh, we still have David Hayes, uh, but he's paired up with Ed Advance, uh, which is an educational Connecticut DSL. Uh, out west of the river, okay. and um, their whole contingency was uh, their clients who are also uh, people with different abilities, we should say. Uh, so it, it, that exhibit pops as well. Now, you know, you've been doing this for many years, as you said, and I go back to some of the early times you were up at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. What do you hear from schools when they can tell real stories about their students, like last year or next year, getting their art out where they would never normally get to go? I mean, what does it happen to the schools locally? They're excited. You know, uh, the, um, Karen Avis is the teacher out for uh, Chaplin Elementary and Hampton Elementary. And I ran into her a couple of months ago and I told her what I was developing. Yeah. Um, I already worked with um, Manchester schools and we were about to um, bring in the elementary schools. So I wasn't sure how much space was going to be available, but I would get you up anyways. And so don't worry about that. So um, Mrs. Avis, what she did was um, she did the same thing that the Manchester schools did was they looked up uh, Mr. Hayes' site, uh, looked at how he developed his art and the processing that went through his head, and then the, the kids emulated that process. And so as far as the schools go, yeah. to them it's the big mall. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a big stage. Uh, and what's even cooler about it is that you have a modern master who's nationally recognized, who still has exhibits going on today thanks to his family, and then you have the young minds and young leaders of tomorrow exhibiting side by side. Yeah. And uh, that is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And so that's where we're going from that part. That's the indoor. Right. So now that the weather is turning a little bit, you've also done a lot of work for many years involving outside art at Harkness Park down in Waterford. Yeah. And also you have a space in Chaplin. Yeah. So as we get into May, what are your plans for May and June? All right. So as far as the outdoor exhibits go, we... Um, Camp Harkness has always been a really special thing for me. I, I started to create and donate art for the Enchanted Garden when it first opened way back in 2014. And what was really cool for me is, although I get citations for as many different people as I possibly can through the General Assembly, I got one for myself last October. I remember. Uh, for uh, my donations in Camp Harkness. And uh, I, I, that was pretty cool for me. Um, sure. So we have the Camp Harkness exhibit, and we, we wanted to add other pieces to that as well. And then we also have what I'm known for around here is the, the Chaplin exhibit up on Route 6. Uh, it's built to talent each time. All the structures that I built on that lot are, are set to the equinoxes and the solstices. And one last real cool thing about that, it sits on an ancient Ice Age river that used to flow back uh, in 16,500 B.C. when the glacier was running through Connecticut. And sliced it right down the middle, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, our, our next big project is through our association with the David Hayes Foundation. That's a 55-acre park in Coventry. 
and that place is just phenomenal. We've talked about that with Richard White too. Yeah, I was just with him the other day. Uh, We were were putting together one of the structures that, um, one of the sculptures that had come back from being refurbished. Nice. So Mr. White was there, I was there. and Hello, uh, Richard White. uh, Benjamin and Lorraine Funk were there, and and of course, uh, uh, Mr. David Hayes Jr. So we put that thing together, and those things are heavy. (laughs) They're not light. I don't know how he did it, but they... Uh, it, it took a crew to put those together, but the goal right now, uh, through that association with uh, David Hayes, is to make a complex. We want to add a number of mycetic structures to that complex, and uh, we're going to be looking to fundraise to make that uh, a possibility through a GoFundMe opportunity, and uh, just in general, and truly make it a community feel-good exhibit outside and, and bring yeah. in the community and make them part of it. That's the goal. I had talked to Richard about doing something about that beautiful Coventry art space, um, maybe late spring, early summer when they open up again, because it's right here a few miles away, and it's unbelievably big. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, one last thing, too. Uh, Brian Cohen has a Facebook, uh, Positive Expression 93, and also a website. Uh, what kind of things are there for people to connect to you, and maybe teachers might want to connect to you in some way about their art. How could teachers connect? Well, we definitely, we encourage mostly people to go on our Facebook page. You okay. can message us that way. All right. Uh, DM. We also have our, our, uh, our email address, which is positiveexpression93, all one word, uh, at yahoo.com. And so either one, when you go and you see our, uh, our banner at the malls, um, most people do connect, us, connect with us through our email address, which, again, is positiveexpression93, all one word, at yahoo.com. And then we can answer all your questions. There is no fee to participate right. on those. It is uh, we, positive expression pays for that. Uh, and um, it, it, it's really a cool exhibit. There, our next run is June. And if you are an artist, professional, or amateur, and you would like to uh, see your art displayed up there, we're going to keep with the shapes and colors theme. Right. Uh, but this time it will go from students to professionals side by side. And that's, that's pretty really much sweet. our goal. That's a different kind of energy. And people are always looking for places to share their art. So this is a great opportunity at the right time. It's a community feel-good exhibit. It's people coming together to make something cool. There you go. And that's cool. It is. So, Brian Cohn, thank you very much for stopping by and for your good work. And and, uh, we'll have you back later in June to talk more about the fundraiser. Hi, hey, thanks a lot, guys. Okay. All righty. Well, this is on the home front here. We're coming to the third and fourth part of the show today. We're going to get our next guest here from the Luce Center for the Arts. Eric Davidson is with us today. And we also have a calendar. We have so many things happening now that we're getting in the emails. Thanks, Brian. You take care, man. You got it, Mike. You bet. Uh, we're doing the whole show live today, see? So everything is live on the spot. We had so many requests for time. We we're very happy to have as many people as we can get in here. Eric Davidson, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You, back you too. Yeah, we had you back in January talking about the Tusk Show. Yeah, it was a great success, a total sellout for the space. It was. Yeah. Now, Eric is from the Loose Center for the Arts up in Woodstock at the Academy, and they're opening up for more events now, and that's why Eric is here. They just did one show. There's one coming up in May. And uh, maybe you could paint us a little picture if I was a fly on the wall. People don't know. That is, I've seen pictures from friends. It is a beautiful space. It's, it's an absolutely it's beautiful surprised. space. Tell yeah. Us, tell so, us. Um, we were Woodstock Academy received a very generous gift in 2019 from Miss Joan Luce of Luce and Company. Thank you. To uh, renovate and and build a foundation for um, an art center that was built back in the days of Anhurst College to bring arts to the quiet corner of Connecticut. Um, 
So when Woodstock Academy took ownership in 2017 of the, the old Hyde School campus in Woodstock, right, right, right. Um, we kind of had this vision of what this space could be in bringing arts back to the area in a bring professional, you know, visual performing um, talent to this area that, that might not have access without driving an hour. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. So space has been, you know, fully gutted, uh, truly top of the line sound systems, lighting, um, comfortable seating, uh, really phenomenal space that also has a, a thousand foot art gallery attached to it. Um, does, has five to six art exhibits a year um, in there. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're just trying to bring things back to the area and make arts accessible for everyone. Um, bringing in, you know, a really diverse uh, set of programming, um, making sure we're not doing the same thing every time, and, and bringing things right, that would variety. be, yeah, things that would be in a major city right here, so that people can access it. So, if I close my eyes, how many seats might you have? Uh, we have a little bit over a thousand seats so there you in go. space. Um, a thousand. That's a that's a benchmark for a whole level of touring. It is. Right? Um, we're pretty lucky in the sense that we can fit a lot of stuff. Um, the space is laid out almost in a circle, so there's actually not a single seat that's further than 92 feet away from the stage. Really, not a bad seat in the house. Mm. Um, like a semicircle, kind of in the round. Well, so to speak. It, it is a it, you know the the space is set up normal seating, but there's no second tier. There's nothing like that. It's all one level, um, not too steep of an incline, but enough that the person in front of you isn't blocking your view. Stadium style. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Really great, uh, just layout in the space. Comfortable seats. Um, in the, the way that the sound system was installed, it actually sounds the same in every single seat in the oh, space. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty cool system uh, that kind of knows where every single speaker is, every single seat, and that type of stuff. Yeah. So the next show they have, I believe, coming up is going to be a Stones tribute called Classic Stones Live, another iconic band that's still trying to go on the road, right? Uh with the Tusk response, what's your thoughts for the Classic Stones and their current touring circuit? I, I would definitely not say, or I would say, do not wait on tickets. If, if you're interested in, in um, some Rolling Stones classics, this is a phenomenal show. They're, they use the tagline, the look, the sound, the show. They really, they know what they're doing. Uh, the two, head, uh, two heads of the group, they call themselves the Glimmer Twins because they... They look, they look real. Uh, kind of Keith and Mick kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, they walk, they talk. They walk, <laughs> they talk. They they have they have all the shows. We have some more stuff coming too. Um, in not this coming week, but the week after, uh, Woodstock Academy has Mean Girls the musical um, coming in. Really phenomenal show. Um, if you guys haven't seen a, a high school production at Woodstock Academy, you uh-huh. you don't think it's a high school production at all. They put in, they, they pull out all the stops, I guess. Um, but yeah, tickets for that are on sale right now as well on theloose.org. Right. Um, lots of good stuff coming. We're running a summer camp over the summer with uh, an intro to theater for kids working on 
behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, as well as... A, oh, how to do stage work and set up yeah, and things, lighting. As well as, yeah, the nice. technical yeah. background of it. Um, nothing too in-depth. Definitely not anything where, you know, if you haven't had experience in that before, you, you should look away. Um, it's open to everyone, mm. grades 5 through 9. Um, and that's over the summer, the Great. week of July 17th, I believe. What an opportunity during the summertime. You know, yeah. Camp for some, some art camp. Right. Theloose.org is the website for that. Now, when you look for the year ahead, are you figuring four or five shows a year of a 1,000 with the larger? What kind of a crystal ball are you looking at for the next year? We, we typically have one large event every month. Um, okay. The school uses the space outside of that for rehearsals and other, you know, internal meetings that might happen. Right. But there's usually one big one um, public thing in there a month in addition to the five or six art gallery shows that are open. Mm -hmm. um, right now we have Preservation Connecticut in the art gallery uh, with a um, Frederick Law Olmsted picturing yeah. history show in there. Um, that's open on Thursdays from 3 to 6, free admission. Um here, uh, sorry, when we were yeah. here last time, we were also talking about the Carol Spinney exhibit with Big Bird. Um, right, that's that right. exhibit has Rest actually, piece, right? yeah, yeah, that exhibit is actually moving um, to Bracken Memorial Library, which is on Woodstock Academy's original campus. Um, and that has an interactive part with it that opens um, in May. So be on the lookout for stuff like that if you're interested in some interactivity. Yeah. Family things to do, weekends, after school, when school's out especially. Uh, so the website is theloose.org. Now, uh, how can people help the work? Uh, do you have a need for board members or volunteers uh, in terms of events? Uh, how can people get involved if they want to do more than just go to a show? If you want to do more than, than yeah. just come to a show, by all means, we are always accepting new volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, we try to make our website really easy. If you go to theloose.org, there's a button in the menu that says volunteer. Click that. You can see events that are right there, uh, quick and easy job descriptions, about what each position does. Um, super easy to, to come in, hang out, see a great show, and get some free tickets as well. There you go. That's the magic word. <laughs> free. It works. It Everyone works. loves free. Yes, it does. Now, one thing I want to mention while Eric is here is something that I've been saving is the solstice. Remember, we've been doing Make Music Day for many years. It's our international music celebration. It started in France years ago, decades. And everywhere across the planet, on the solstice day, people make music in places outside of the usual spots. I mean, they also make music in theaters, but they make music on front porches, backyards, parking lots, uh, anywhere they want to make music. And they're part of a large website, and they register so you can find out in your area where are people making music, how can I find out about venues, and it's all tied to the solstice. So we talk about it every year, and I'm just mentioning it now because we're just into early May coming up soon. And this is in June, right? But what I'm saying is if you want to find out more, you can go to makemusicday.org, and you can find out where in Connecticut you can go. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to put Eric on the spot, but I've talked to the other venues in our region about a collective Solstice Day celebration that they all cross-promote mainly to let people know here are the venues within a half an hour of where you live, whether it's uh, Strange Brew in Norwich, uh, the Side Door Jazz in East Lyme, the Loose in Putnam, the Stomping Ground, I'm sorry, that's in Woodstock, the Stomping Ground in Putnam, 
the Packing House in Willington, and Willie Manning Records right here in town with Joe Malinowski. So these are like dots on the map, and I'm trying to figure out a nice visual. So people that like live entertainment know here are the venues, check their schedules, and help everybody kind of raise the tide, right? Absolutely. And, and another yeah. thing for us, we, you know, our events are always posted online. Right. Um, about three months before each event is when things get announced. Um, if you want pre-sale access to shows, there's a spot on our website that you can sign up for our mailing list. Um, and knowing what shows are coming there as well. Yeah. Uh, sometimes pre-sale access, some pre-sale deals in there. So if you like what we've been doing, definitely sign up. Right. So with the, with music today, though, when you're getting into a thousand seat theater, that's a level of tickets that generates enough to support a larger group. Right. So you have some bands on tour now. Are you investigating that marketplace now in a new way to see what kinds of opportunities might be out there that they don't know you're here yet? Or maybe they do, but now it's coordinating? Yeah. yeah how does that work with scheduling and availability? So yeah. um, a big thing that venues do is what's called block booking, where I reach out to a venue that's outside of 60 miles of where I am and uh -huh. say, hey, would you also be interested in this show? And we, if they say yes, we try to find a weekend that works for both of us in availability. Yeah. And then we reach out to said band, artist, uh -huh. or their agent um, and try to come up with kind of a path that that artist takes so that their travel expenses go down, which sure. allows our contract prices to go down. Uh -huh. um, so that's why you tend to see, you know, a big name artist do three shows in one state and then... Um, move to another state. They might be moving across the country, but they're not doing it weekend to weekend. Right. It's like a circuit in a way. Yeah. I know some of that's going on in the folk music community. There's a whole network of coffee houses and venues that are smaller, but they talk to each other and they're close enough, right? They have to be close enough to kind of work. Right. Yeah. And how about genres? You know, when you're looking... The labels are really breaking down today. Like, what's R&B soul these days? What's rock mean? That's the most misused word of all, right? There's uh, definitely a lot of ambiguity to uh, some of those words. I know yeah. for us, we tend to look at what do the people want. Um, so we've sent out surveys in the past and um, try to get feelers. But again, we're big on making sure there's a d diverse variety of shows. So... You know, the more times that we can do a large show that's a sellout, it also allows us to bring in those smaller shows that are more cultural and, mm -hmm. and focused in, in other regards. Or maybe take a little risk once in a while when you're not sure, but you want to give it a shot. Exactly. Sometimes a surprise is a great word of mouth, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to thank you for coming down from Woodstock today. Is there anything else you wanted to share about the center? You talked about the summer programs. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? No, I guess just sign up for our mailing list. If you yeah. um, are interested in a show that you haven't seen, by all means, let us know. And sign up to volunteer. We're always taking more volunteers. Okay. And the website, once again, is thelooseloos.org. And uh, we'll hope to see you back in the summertime, Eric. Thanks so much for having Thanks me. Thanks for being here. Great. Thanks. Okay. Great. Okay, well, like I said today, we had a little different kind of a show. We've had four segments back-to-back, -back, trying to get as many people in as we can. We're very happy to have the requests. If you want to reach out, just use the email that seems to be working now. is john at humanartsmedia.com. And now we have just a few minutes left. From, I'm getting my cues from Matthew behind the scenes. And I want to run down this calendar of events because there's a lot of things to do this weekend. Get some friends, and there's things to do in the afternoon and in the evening.
I want to mention Eastern again. Their theater series is bringing the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. That's going to be April 27th to the 30th at uh, 730 in the Proscenium Theater in the new art building up at Eastern. We were talking about that earlier today with Anthony Cornicello. And, uh, and, and uh, see, tickets are available. Uh, EasternCT.showware.com slash Putnam for the Putnam County Spelling Bee. It's a comedy show, and it's also about adolescence and you know, kind of surviving the psychology of being young in the Spelling Bee contest and audience participation. So that's a really fun show for people that show up. Also in Coventry, they're having a poetry open mic Friday the 28th at 7 o'clock in Coventry at Millbrook Place, the headquarters where many events are happening for the Coventry Art Guild. That's the Poets' Corner Series, the 28th at 7 p.m. Millbrook Place, a poetry open mic. Also want to mention, too, we talked about this before, up in, up in Vernon, the Art Center East has the, Di uh, the Dionysus Theater Company. They're doing theater about the Vietnam War called Private Wars. It's a comedy, though. It's about uh, soldiers in the war getting better after being injured in the war and how they're coping with life and their memories of the war, stress, etc. But a very interesting approach to comedy in a unique black box theater format. It starts the 28th, 29th, and 30th, and it runs in May through the 13th. So that's just opening this weekend. And if you go to artscentereast.org, you'll get all the information about tickets and everything. Artscentereast.org. A couple more things while I have time. Joe Malinowski's in the house right now. He's a wonderful guardian angel of live music in our community at Willimantic Records. at 34 Church Street. I'm sorry, 34 North Street at the Bliss Marketplace. In the courtyard, they have live music throughout the year at different times. Joe brings in lots of bands. This weekend, he has improvised music coming Saturday the 29th at 2 o'clock, rain or shine, and Sunday the 30th at 12 noon. And he's having a number of bands there that afternoon. But that's at Willimantic Records right in downtown Willimantic. So we've got a hell of a busy weekend coming up. That's why I'm taking a few minutes now on Wednesday because you have quite a few choices. At the Packing House up in Wellington, we talked about Kayla Farnham and Jenna Nichols. They're performing on the 29th at 7 o'clock. Wonderful singer-songwriters. That's up in the Wellington area, so just a few miles north of us off of uh, Route 32. On Sunday the 30th, I'm going to be uh, at the Breadbox Theater show with Christine Ullman and Rebel Montez. They'll be there at 4 o'clock raising money for the Covenant Soup Kitchen, which they always do throughout the year at the Breadbox series. Tickets may be available. I got mine a while ago. But if you go to breadboxfolk.org, you'll get all the information about all their shows, their showcases throughout the year. Breadbox Folks ending the season April 30th this Sunday with Christine Ullman and Rebel Montez. Should be a great afternoon. Uh, maybe one last thing before we close. I want to mention a special warning, uh, a special program at the Molten Lava Gallery with uh, Phoebe Godfrey and friends. In the Molten Court area, they have a pop-up gallery periodically to do an art show for the weekend. They're, they're doing it again on the full moon, Friday, May 5th from 5 to 8 p.m. and May 6th and 7th from 12 to 4. And that's at 31 Molten Court. They have art and music all afternoon in that space. If you like to exhibit, you can bring your work, and it'll be a nice way to get out and enjoy the community and see some nice art in a residential area that's been set aside, especially for artists. And we'll have a conversation with Phoebe about that very soon. All right, so I think that's just about it for this week. I want to thank you very much for staying with us here on the home front. I'll see you next week. If you want to get involved again, just send us an email at john at humanartsmedia.com, and we'll have you on a future show. Uh, thanks to Matt Rupar for all the magic behind the scenes, and we'll see you next week.